Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the Take UK podcast. I'm Leontina Posteniku, Program Manager for Health and Social Care at Take UK, and I'm here today with Henry Rex, Associate Director for Government and Health, and Tom Russell, Program Manager for Health and Social Care. Together, we are joined by the Chair and Vice Chairs of our Health and Social Care Council, Andreas Hambok-Tishi, Director for Healthcare and Life Sciences at IBM UK and Ireland, Victoria Betton, Chief Innovation Officer of MindWave Ventures, and last but not least, Shane Tickell, CEO and Founder of Temple Black. For this month's podcast, we'll reflect on the year that has just gone, which I believe is more than fair to say has been nothing like any of us had probably imagined back in January. The past year has seen health and social care be confronted with one of, if not the biggest challenge the system has ever had to face. However, driven by the need to minimize face-to-face contact, we've also seen a step change in digitizing service delivery in some parts of the system. Our members have been working with organizations across the country to provide digital products and services that would help alleviate pressure on staff and facilitate several ways to deliver care. So I'd like to go to you, Andreas, first and ask, from a digital health and social care perspective, what would you say are the most significant changes that have taken place during the past year? Uh, thank you, Leontina. Um, I think the, the biggest change from my perspective is actually not a technology perspective, uh, point, but more that actually uh, the, you know, the attitudes to uh, digital and especially how we collaborate between NHS organizations, but also between uh, NHS organizations and industry um, have significantly improved. And I think by having a common purpose to go and uh, make a difference, it's really helped us work together more effectively across boundaries. I think that that for me would be uh, most probably the uh, the biggest change and then obviously some of the other well-documented ones that you know the way we deliver care now has moved very much to digital channels i think that's it that's a good step but uh, there's opportunity for sure uh, to do more uh, and then i would say it's it's accelerated uh, this year and, and the pandemic has has helped accelerate some of the initiatives especially as it comes to you know adoption of cloud technologies as well as you know, uh, bringing data together and it really creating insights from from data sets which which come from different parts of the parts of the system. Thank you, Andreas. Yeah, I think this is something that we've heard from members throughout the year, and I think the key challenge going forward will be will be identifying how we can keep this attitude shift for for the future. Victoria, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just building, really, I agree with everything that Andreas has said. I think a lot of the perceived barriers to technology within the NHS have sort of been thrown aside. So um, clinicians' worries about things like video consultations, for example, out of necessity, have um, have just created a very different attitude towards technology, which I hope will create a really good foundation for the next um, year and sort of going forward. So I think some of those perceived barriers and worries have been overcome. And I think that creates a good um, context. I think the IT departments have gone from um, being the, the baddies, the people that say no, or the people in the background to suddenly being the superheroes. So I think it's been the year for IT departments within um, the NHS. And I think, I think um, on a more serious note, I think the, the role of, of IT departments and C- CIOs and CDOs has become recognized as being really important. So I really welcome that. Um, and lastly, I think um, it has it's become much more much clearer 
um, how much digital, digital poverty and exclusion um, affect people accessing, some people accessing health services. And I think in the past, maybe we've paid lip service or we've assumed it's less of an issue. And I think that um, COVID has really shone a light more broadly on health inequalities and inequalities most more broadly. But it's also shone a light on people that can't use digital technologies or won't use digital technologies for a whole range of different reasons and people that just for whatever reason can't afford the technology and I think you know going forward we really need to be paying attention to um, those issues as well. Thank you Victoria I think indeed that is very important. Shane is there anything that you would add to that? Yeah, a couple of things the can-do attitude, which has already been mentioned, but but I think on on mass and and some of our leadership. If I, I think of Matthew Gould was asked at the beginning of March, what about these mass rollouts we're about to attempt? What about things like governance and things like governance have been debated and slowed things down? I think for maybe the last ten or twelve years. Suddenly, Matthew and his team produce a one page and say, use that, be sensible with it, let's crack on. And the can-do attitude also extended right away across, I think, from including the public and industry and social care and healthcare. The public's adoption of technology and use of it, they were all, we, who knew? They already were, were ready and, and sort of willing to do this en masse. Um, so that can-do attitude, I think, has helped immensely. The genuine offers by industry, I, I remember very early in March, the weekend, uh, where Tech for CV19 started with a handful of people and suddenly it grew to about 700 organisations all saying, look, we want to help. People threw the commercials aside, they threw egos aside, they threw competition aside and they just said, what can we do? Don't worry about paying for it. Let's crack on. Let's roll stuff out. Let's, let's work out the value in a few months time when we're all a little bit better. If I fast forward six months to about September, and I interviewed Matthew Gould again and commented, he had uh, reissued the statement when someone said, what about governance? It's like, do you know what? Everything's gone okay for the last six months. So long as you don't do anything silly, let's keep going. And I think some of those barriers, that helpful attitude, and I, I, I don't know if it's a, an international attitude, but it very much felt like a wartime effort that everybody just rolled up the sleeves and cracked on um, and, and made such massive changes uh, throughout the summer. Thank you all. I'd be interested to have your reflections on how many of these changes, particularly I think you've all identified these behavioural changes, these attitude changes, the changes of perceptions, how many of them are, are here to stay or whether they are changes uh, born solely out of the specific circumstances yeah, of the I crisis. I think that we've had that real sense of sort of will, shared you know, purpose in a time way, of crisis. Uh, and I think that sort of level of intensity is really hard to sustain. I think everyone's exhausted, actually. So um, I really hope that we we managed to get a little bit of time for reflection. Someone once said that that digital innovation within the NHS is like trying to fix the engine while it's still running, and that's what it feels like more than ever. So I think I think um, I think it's going to be hard to sustain that sense of energy, and um, and that's something that concerns me. I think we're already seeing some of the bureaucracy sort of sneaking back in, and I think when I speak to people in the system, they really hope that we'll retain some of that can-do attitude and just being able to to get stuff done uh, more easily than perhaps we had in the past. I think we might be creating quite a few costs down the line because there's a lot of people being throwing stuff in the mix, offering stuff for free, trying to help out. But we're going to we're creating a whole load of costs that haven't been quantified down the system that I think are going to start to sort of start to emerge. And I guess we.
seen a few reports recently, the Parliamentary Accounts Committee a week or so ago, and then the National Audit Office before report that says there's not enough money in the system for digital transformation. So I think if we're going to sustain and build on some of these trends, there needs to be really serious thought um, and give and commitment around some of the, you know, just very practical resources to facilitate this, you know, this big system change we all want to see. Thank you, Victoria. I think that's a, a really interesting point around the, the future cost and the sort of perhaps tech debt that we've built up over the past year, having acted so agile over over the past 12 months. I think that's going to be a, a really interesting challenge that, that emerges as our as our view gets a little clearer over the coming months. Uh, Shane, your your thoughts? Yeah, building on what Victoria said about uh, energies, energy levels and, and fatigue, I worry about that too. I, I think we had a small break around the September coming into early October, and I was fortunate to speak to quite a few people chairing another conference. And what really impressed me was people's confidence levels. They'd been given a task, they got on with it, and, and they didn't really have a choice as to not succeed in rolling out some of these things or thinking differently, breaking down barriers, organizing meetings with executives that maybe would never have happened before and now happen on a twice weekly basis. And I think there's an energy that they want to step that down a bit, but then continue it. And then, then of course, we've got winter. We're now at the end of November, about to hit December, a really tough peak uh, we're measuring the peak as being higher than it was the first time round, but that's probably because we're partly measuring it more. We are we are more uh, uh, knowledgeable about it. So um, I think there were some bad examples, but particularly by some of the leaders in in our country, which is government. When government in the summer actually called for people to physically come back to parliament, to what end? I ask. You know, that's not a good example. Yes, they were trying to get the economy going and they're trying to encourage people to get back out and and and, and live some kind of a life, but not in a working practice that doesn't need to happen. And here we are again in, in, in the autumn. So I think we are going to stick with the, the video competing capability, the ability to meet. And frankly, I found a lot of um, efficiencies go up because people are able to meet more free, uh, more regularly and not have to wait as long. We've got a massive uh, waiting list problem now. We've, we're worried about the undetected diseases such as cancer and what that's going to affect and how can we get on top of that. So I think we've made tremendous strides. I think that, that there is an energy level. We need to, 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 to be supportive and careful of our, our colleagues in industry and in at the front line as well. But I'm absolutely confident that we've now learned so much about caring for each other. There's a great openness about mental health issues. And I think this all builds towards uh, greater technology. And just very finally, the debt in the NHS was written off during the summer. There isn't enough money in the system, but there's probably more freedom to make choices. And uh, and I think we'll we'll hopefully see that be that freedom and the potential of more money coming to the system be be more widely used in the next year. Thank you, Shane. I uh, particularly like your, your optimism that that we have learned about looking after colleagues a little better, taking care of uh, people's well-being. As as you say, the the energy levels have been um, you know pre pretty high all year, and I I, I like your optimism there. Uh, Andreas, anything more to add? Yeah, maybe um, picking up on one point that uh, Victoria made earlier around uh, digital exclusion. And also, I think one thing we need to bear in mind, a lot of the digital changes we have seen uh, weren't actually driven by the, by the user. Um, and therefore, 
you know, we might have done things because we had to do them, but we, we really didn't take a user-centric approach, so to speak. Um, and I think that's one thing we need to, to go away and do and actually see what, what change that has happened, yeah, is, is really positive change or just had it to be done because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. And I think digital exclusion plays a big role in that because the last ONS statistics I think I saw were still, you know, four to eight percent of, of the UK public don't have access or don't have regular access to the internet, for example. So I think that, that needs to be uh, considered. Um, and then the other point I think I would emphasize would be around the longevity of, of some of these uh, changes. You know, uh, are the how do we make sure the, we can sustain them uh, and from a financial point of view and from a you know capability and energy perspective? I think Shane and Victoria talked very well about the fact you know this was a very intense year for everyone and we can't always work in that way. Um, and and finally, I would say the, uh, you know the genie's out of the bottle and I think what I've also seen is that a number of the projects that were on the way have now accelerated and I see that, you know, continued digitization, uh, you know, and, and continue, continue move to cloud and that, that is going to happen as a result of that because we've now demonstrated that we can do it. So I, th I think that would be that would be really helpful going forward in terms of, uh, you know, being more effective as working as a system and being able to share data and, and areas like that. Thank you, Andreas. Now, what I'm going to ask you all to do now is look ahead uh, into 2021, uh, peer into your crystal balls, so to speak, um, and think about what the emerging trends for the healthcare IT market um, might be and sort of what do you see developing, whether that's a cultural change, whether it's a technology change. Um, and Shane, if I may, I'm going to come to you first. Thank you. I think starting with the cultural change, I think there is a confidence. So building on, on the successes that we've had, and I think the surprises, uh, biggest thing I've learned over the last 20 years is people's perception of going with a big go live of a system, how intimidating it is. And, and actually on the day and the day after and the two weeks after, they think actually that wasn't as bad as we thought. And I think vast swathes of our uh, health, health tech users have experienced that this year. So I think we're going into the future with greater confidence. I do think once you've got over a bit of the fatigue, that confidence breeds more confidence about actually, we don't necessarily have to stand still, but but can we move at a pace that is manageable? So I'm really confident about that. I think platforms, I'd like to think, again, Matthew and, and NHSX have set a challenge that by September next year, every, every citizen in the land should have a shared care record. And my passion is about delivering personalized precision medicine, but also being able to, to, to support population health. And I think we, sh we should be moving towards platforms and not frightened of them. And I am hearing people say, no, no, we shouldn't go back to the early noughties where we try to do things at massive scale. And I disagree. And I think that brings us to locality and, and local. And I think the push and the desire by Simon Stevens to have legally formed uh, integrated care systems, the ICSs, I think will give them power and control of the funding. And I think that gives them the ability to, to look after themselves. Those lovely population sizes, about 1.2, 1.8 million, where you can do things at scale, but local enough. And I think people locally know what their challenges is if they're in Cornwall, if they're in South Manchester, if they're in uh, the East Midlands, they know they've got different challenges to the whole nation. So I think there's a balance between local and national um, and I think we can continue with the growth of things that should be done at scale 
Um, so our great friends at Visionable, who have got a, a video conferencing system designed for healthcare, I've just seen this week that they've got the go-ahead after a pilot to roll it out to every ambulance in the land. What a fantastic thing that's going to change the way that not, not just our clinicians operate, but the benefit that's going to bring for patients. And just very, very finally for me, I think the British spirit, I think we've got something immensely proud to be proud of, the things that we've worked together. Internationally, though, you know, it's, this is an international country. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a modern world. It's a, it's a village of kinds. But the spirit and, and of us to do things at speed and to do things with confidence. And, and I think we should celebrate that. And I think in the new year, that's what the things that we should be talking about is what we've been really good at achieving. Thank you, Shane. And I think certainly when we look back over, over the past year, we've certainly seen a number of our members very successfully um, have remote go lives for, for, for large um, large digital transformation projects, which I think has been very impressive. And actually today, timely that you've mentioned it, um, NHS England has just published further guidance um, on where they would like to see ICSs going. And I think there, there is a, a renewed reference um, to them taking some sort of legal footing. Um, and I'm sure we can link that uh, in the show notes. Um, Andreas, I wondered if you, if you could come in here. Uh, thank you, Tom. So I think, I, as I was alluding to, I think there, there's going to be acceleration of some of the transformation programmes. And I think one of the, uh, what we've seen in 2020 is that quite a few of the projects, the large scale ones that, uh, you know, trusts had, had in the pipeline, indeed, they, they moved forward on. And I think they, they will see an acceleration of that. Um, I think Shane mentioned earlier the fact that, you know, uh, we've got an enormous amount of work besides COVID to get done. And I think, and we've obviously hosted together recently with Tech UK, I think it was a very successful discussion around automation. And I see that as a big trend uh, coming in to into healthcare. And that's really to help make it more efficient and, and spend more of our time and resources on on working on the backlog and 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 delivering care. And then the third one I would mention again along the lines of uh, what what Shane mentioned with regards to the you know, every health economy needs to have a, an integrated care record. I, I think the the acceleration of data platforms um, and how we bring that together uh, to to help both care, but also help uh, research and development. And I would you would say, you know, one example of that from this year, which I think we'll we'll see more of, is the sort of work you know that uh, Oxford U University. Uh, and it's just digital Microsoft and ourselves at IBM did with regards to the recovery trial. Yeah, how do we actually use the healthcare data, bring it together with academic and and you know pharmaceutical data, and then help progress in that case. You know the 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 ability to find a treatment option for COVID much faster. And I think that, that those sorts of examples are very powerful to then help overcome those issues around, uh, you know, how do we actually treat all this patient data and how do we get value from it for the patients themselves? 
Thanks, Andreas. So, sort of a, a focus on um, on automation, the potential for data, and also, I suppose, perhaps, um, what are the these implications um, for for digital health of, of a vaccine and, and and how that will be rolled out and what that looks like. And um, for, for kind of closing remarks on on this one, Victoria, um, what do you what do you sort of see coming down the pipeline in twenty twenty one? Um, well, speaking as a, a small company, um, one of the things that's been quite game-changing for us is this remove, move to remote working. So um, so I don't think we're going to go back to all working from offices. Um, I think we're going to work in a very different way. And, and everyone has learned across the system that they can don't have to be in the office and you can work in smarter and more different ways. And I think we'll move to a blend of in-person and and remote um, and I think that has some real it has some downsides but it has some real gains we've been able to work with our clients in much more efficient ways than we ever did in the past and even our user research we've taken online uh, for the most part so I think there's some real uh, there's a real strong trend there that will um, that will continue um, we are absolutely moving to a more sort of regional approach, which I think is welcome because we can do things um, at scale and, and, and work at that sort of regional level, which I think is um, really positive. I do hope we will build on the more per permissive context that we found. So we've got more of an appetite and less inertia and there's a there's more. Um, there's more appetite to get things done. And then just building on that that sort of conversation about shared records, what I'd really like to see, and this won't surprise you because at MindWave we have a personal health record, I'd really like to see once we have that foundational layer in that we have a much bigger emphasis on um, patient facing, person facing records, information, people being able to contribute their data, access their data, and then uh, align to that, that sort of digital inclusion sort of focus as well. And I think that would be really welcome if we can move more in that direction over the next year. Thank you, Victoria. I think that seems like a fitting note to end the discussion on. So Andreas, Shane, Victoria, thank you very much for joining us today. For those of you listening, if you'd like to find out more about the Tech UK Health and Social Care Programme, please visit our website at techuk.org, where you'll be able to find the latest resources, case studies, and information on how to get involved. Lastly, don't miss our end-of-year event, a fireside chat with NHSX CEO Matthew Gold, taking place on the 14th of December. Thank you for listening.